Thank you, Lord, because your spirit is in us, leading us aright. Thank you, Lord, because you are not walking in darkness. Thank you, Lord, because we have the light of life. Thank you, Lord, for the light of life. Thank you because you are removing confusion and you have removed confusion from our lives. We give you all the praise in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because life with you has a meaning. Thank you, Lord, because material things, this physical life doesn't have control over us. Thank you, Lord, because sin shall not have dominion over us. Thank you, Lord, because our lives are counting. That is, we live for a purpose and you are doing your purpose in our lives. Thank you because we recognize that. Thank you for the peace that passes all understanding. Thank you because we have no fear of tomorrow. Thank you because our faith is in you, Father. Thank you. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now we are going into your word again and then we will continue praying. We know something great has been prepared. We know that we have understanding as your spirit is being released to us again this evening. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Before we take our seats, can we quickly declare the word of understanding? That's how we activate, we open our hearts for the Holy Spirit to walk. All right? So let's declare the word together. One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His Word. His Word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it is making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Our last line is the most important one. It's not the healing. It's not the prosperity. It's the image of Christ that is being formed by the entrance of the word. If you have been healed, you are not becoming like Christ Jesus. You have not had it made yet. If you have been healed, if you are prospering, but the image of Jesus is not being formed, it's still a waste of time. A total waste of time. That's why that last line is the most important one. That last line that is is making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. That's the primary purpose of God. The Lord is good. Please take your seats as you are doing that. Congratulate somebody on your left and your right. Tell the person you are very wise. Tell the person you are very wise. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe it, give me an amen. amen. I'm sorry I told you to sit down, but you are going to stand again. Okay, let me, while you are seated... Open your Bibles to the book of Psalm 1 to read the whole of Psalm 139 together. Psalm 139, all of us are going to read it together. Open your Bibles to Psalm 139, please. If you don't have a Bible, look into somebody's own. We are going to read all 24 verses. And that's the foundation for the prayer. We are going to pray for ourselves Today, remember, there are two, let's say, ranges of prayer. One is personal, one is like intercessory, all right? I'm just dividing that to cover everything we normally do. 
The most important thing about personal prayer, we did that series then, when we took from Psalm 119, we talked about the most important prayer. Then, later on, we talked about the most important form of intercessory prayer. The most important prayer for ourselves is to pray to understand God. It's not about food. In fact, that one is forbidden. Jesus said that this is how Gentiles pray. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? But for us believers, is open my eyes that I might behold wonderful things out of thy law. Make me to know you. Let me know your secrets. Prayers like that. So we did a series that time. One went through Psalm 119. And then when we started talking about um, the most important form of intercessory prayer, we talked about praying for the church of Christ. That is the most important thing that God is doing on the earth. Now, so we want to just go back to that um, first one today and pray for ourselves again. What we are doing is just um, to align our lives with what God wants to do or what he is doing in us. Please, pardon me, let me get back to it again. Once in a while, it's as if I'm getting um, stuck on some things. But, you know, we have to address contemporary issues, okay? We have to. There is no human being that is the reason why you are not making progress. Do you follow my point? All the prayers targeted at the, the enemies of progress in your life, those are waste of time prayers. A lot of people lead those prayers, don't even know what they are saying. That's the only way they know to pray. So when they gather in church, say, tonight, we are going to fight everybody that say you will not make progress. Those who covered you in witchcraft pot, today they will let you go. If you are a Christian, it's a waste of time. You may as well go to church and be done, you know, to, you know, it's the same effect it has as far as God is concerned, either in your life or in the environment. It's a total waste of time. All right? I've been to church before. <laughs> One day I was in the church. Big church, they had a massive program. Follow my friend there. My wife and I, we all sat in a row. They even gave us respect, you know, got us pastoral chairs in front. We are amongst the front row people. Massive place. So one man began to, <laughs> began to pray. I was looking at him like this. That's what I just did. After I opened my Bible, I started reading. I said, in my mind, will you come down from there if you have no other prayer point? As another guy who came up, came up was speaking, speaking, I asked my sister who we went with, what is he up to? Say he's raising money. They let him raise it and come down. She stopped telling lies. She, she started laughing. I said, look, stop telling ridiculous stories when you want to raise money. The easy way to raise money is, excuse me, brethren, put your hand in your pocket. The church needs your money. Is it a sin? Is it not good? Say like that. Stop telling me stories of when we used to watch, worship Amadioha. Every year we kill a goat. Does it look like a mother house shine? This is church. We don't need your yearly growth. Is it growth? Good. <laughs> the Lord is good. How you worship a mother is not how we do it in the body of Christ. It's a world of difference. Now, sometimes I go to church like that, they are leading prayers. I'll just be looking at everybody. Like, how on earth can you call this prayer? How on earth can you do this is prayer? Everybody that says you will not prosper. Tonight, we are going to frustrate them. Bros, like I always say, it has never happened that when I see cockroach in front of me, I see this cockroach that says I will not pass, just watch me. You are about to see a great man who owns this house, who is a father in this family. A cockroach will not say he should not pass. And if I pray like that, my children will start looking and say, <laughs> they think I, no, they think it's a joke. But if I seriously pray like that, you know there's a problem. Daddy, how did cockroach become prayer point? Why don't you just step on it? And keep walking. Are you getting my point? That's a fact. Many of the prayer points we pray as believers, 
that is in churches these days, they are not commanded by God. Please, let's not turn it into a habit. You know, we'll keep on going over them again and again. It's forbidden. Let's leave them alone. Are you getting my point? There is no human being that can withstand what God wants to do in your life if your life is pleasing to him. They, they, they don't need your prayer. They don't. Just go about your business. I was sharing my wife the other day that, look, one of the things I've, I've, I've had personal testimonies about that. I've seen God take care of things concerning my life when people were scheming negatively against me and I was not even aware anything. Do you get my point? I didn't know anything was wrong. It was when the whole thing scattered later. I said, oh, so if we're even doing something. Now, wow. It would, it would be wrong of me to come and use us as a testimony now. Say, hmm, your enemies are sleeping. No, your enemies are not sleeping. You are sleeping. I slept through that one. Yet my, in quote, enemies were taken care of. That's how God does it. They're not a prayer point. Our prayer point all the time, let's get back to it, is about our own lives. How am I pleasing to God? If anger is your problem, make it a prayer point. And don't rest until you have defeated that one. Are you getting my point? Like we were leading prayer, just now, Pastor came to was teaching us, say, look, now you will speak concerning your tongue. My tongue, you will not lie. That is a prayer point. Because your tongue does not lie, do you understand? Then you can ascend to his holy hill. Are you getting my point? That's the way it works. You can't say, those who say I will not ascend. This year, you will see me climb. Please, bros, if your mouth is lying, your mouth is speaking deceit, you're not going anywhere. Do you get my point? That's the, if your mouth is, is, is creating the problems, the enemies will just be looking at you. They know you by yourself. Do you know what happened to Israel? Please go and read it again. That Numbers, well, of course, you know the story of Balaam 22 to 23. Numbers. What Balaam said to Balak was simple. He said, now, when he was prophesying, there's no enchantment against Jacob. No divination works against Israel. That was a statement of fact. Now, what people don't realize, many people, is that after that, he called Balak to the side and said, there is nothing you can do against these people. Now, let me explain it to you. Balaam was the most powerful, in fact, is arguably one of the most powerful diviners that this earth has ever seen. This is how I explain the power of Balaam. People say that uh, donkey was talking. Hmm. That was when the man should have known he should run. I said, it's because you don't know Balaam. It's you. Cockroach has never spoken to you. That's why you think if, if, if donkey talks, a human being should run. Balaam did not run because that's not the first time an animal was talking to him. You must understand. Balaam was a man who knew how to hear from animals. Bible lets you know that birds carry words spoken in secret. Balaam knew the code to decode what the birds had heard. He understood those things. Balaam, look, one time that's exciting. Of us, ah, the moment the donkey started speaking, Balaam should have known there was a problem. He should have run away at that time. It's because you don't know anything. Balaam. If horse talks, Balaam will pause and say, what is the message? The horse will speak. Balaam will hear it and continue like nothing happened. If snakes entered his house, Balaam knew what to tell the snake so that it will go back. Talking with animals was not a strange thing to Balaam. Listen to me. The man understood how. If Balaam started the school of prophets, all these fake prophets in town will go and join because the kind of things he will learn. You know what I'm saying all of these things? He was powerful. He was powerful. Each sacrifice, seven bullocks, or seven bulls, seven goats. He knew the things to do to conjure up the most powerful experiences. Yet this is the conclusion. Now, while he was doing all of this, Israel was not aware. Next point. They were just relaxed, yet God was defending them. Do you get my point? 
Yes, look, God, let, let, me not even, let me not see too much on Balaam. Because Balaam was powerful. Let's summarize it like that. He was very powerful. When Balak was panicking, when he said, we don't come, there was a reason for it. Yet the man summarized and said, there is no enchantment that will work against Jacob. No divination. So forget it. Now, this, back to what I want to bring out. He, many people forget the other side. He now called Balak aside and said, the only thing you can use against these people is to turn the heart of their God against them. That is all. There is nothing else. So Balak said, how do I do it? He said, it is simple. Tempt the men to follow your girls into sexual immorality. Shikina. And guess what? It worked. It worked. It worked. So people should know where Satan has power. That is satanic counsel. That is, listen, just follow me into iniquity. That is the only way the enemies get a hand on the people of God. And that was why God had to quickly, it was painful, but he had to quickly sacrifice 24,000 of them thereabout to clean out that cancer from the midst of the people. Quickly, they had to pull their swords. Oh yeah, all this evil that has entered, clean it out, clean it out. In one day, 23,000 went down. I forgot how they, in the total came to 24,000. That is the only way it works. There's no other way. You know, the other day, my wife and I discussed early this morning. She woke up before me. I woke up and I said, Justin, about something that happened in my office yesterday. Something led to it. Let me give you just stories. Just stories. Something led to it, all right? I stumbled into some people in my office talking. So they, one of my, my senior registrar now came to my office. I said, what was all the gist about? He gave me the gist. And that led to stories. Now, I won't tell you where it started from, but what I want to tell you is some things I taught them. I taught two of my younger colleagues yesterday. I said, listen, you guys know I know spiritual things. Sit down, let me educate you. I told one guy, there's something led to it. I said, so as you did like this, I made a joke about it because my wife and I saw him at the mall with his family on Sunday. I said, look at you, fine man, fine wife, fine children. I said, one of these young, young girls around, now they said they want to snatch you. And so I said, do you think they'll go and do juju? Okay, what? Okay, let me, I need to give you a small background. Please follow me. <laughs> they said, um, it was about marriage. Let me make a long story short. He told me a story of um, how a man could have been deceived by a woman to get her pregnant so he can marry her. You know, one long story. So I'm not saying that, uh, how is that possible? That's not deception now. He said, maybe they, maybe they made him drunk. <laughs> I said, they can't drink when they drink, when you forget your sense, but you didn't forget how to impregnate a woman. You are lying to me. <laughs> I said, what kind of rubbish drink is that one? I said, my friend, I know how drinks work. The drink will carry you complete. Are you getting my point? That one is the one you wanted to do that you did. Don't come and lie to me that it's a drink. He said, that day they gave me a drink and you open your mouth. Said, come on, get away. So the gist now, this, I need to tell you that because they now said that, okay, maybe they used black magic. They jazzed the man up. He didn't know what he was doing. And I said, well, that works. I said, there's only one problem. And that's why I'm talking about it. That works, but there's only one problem. What is the problem? I said, the first one cannot be jazz dependent. You know what they call jazz? I said, that charm did not do the first one. So that's what I told him. I said, listen, as you did so, you think one girl will just get up and say, he wants to snatch it from your wife? Because that's the whole, what the whole gist was about. Ah, he said, you know, they do, people do magic. They do charm. I said, sit down, two of you, let me, one, a, a lady and a guy. I said, let me tell you how spiritual things work. I said, if that girl goes to one babalao, 
goes to one strong DB and says, I want to catch that man. Do jazz for me. I said, if he's a knowledgeable Balao like Balaam, I'm adding Balaam now, he will tell the girl, my, my charm works. However, not on the first encounter. You have to, with your own techniques, grab him the first time. After that, I will tell you what to bring. I said, that's how it works. So. I said, you can't take an innocent man walking on the road. You just jazz him up and snatch him. Nonsense. I said, I'm not talking about that you're a Christian, you're not a Christian, even if you're not a believer. I said, there's a way spiritual things work. Ah, he said, there was a story. I said, which story? He said, one man was going on the road. He gave a woman and a little girl lift. And that's the last he remembers for 20 years. I, I said, eh. I said, yes, you are right. He has forgotten the other parts. I said, whatever spirit that he said, that's how the girl snatched him from his family for the next 20 years until maybe, the, like they say, the sacrifices expired. The, his eyes now opened. I said, wait, what he did not tell you is the other part that maybe he has forgotten. Whatever charm they used on him wiped out the whole memory of his own involvement. Yeah. Just off the road, help somebody. And that's the charm just swam into your brain. You can't think again. I said, the guy should confess. He said, the man used to work in NNPC. I said, no wonder. Last NNPC conference, uh, executive meeting went for in Abuja. Who was in your room at Nikon with you? You can't remember that one. No, you won't remember that one now. All the other ones you've been going for before. You, you want to eat, eat, lick mouth, wipe the mouth and come back home like nothing happened. Those are the ones that went to wait for you on the road. Don't tell me stranger. No, God doesn't allow some things. What am I talking about it? I told him, I said, listen, it was a young man I was talking to. That's how you have to, that's, these are the lessons of life. I said, the first one, the charm man will have told that girl, that first encounter is dependent on you. After that, I will tell you what to bring. Because it has to have something to lock on. There has to be something to hold. One stranger cannot just walk into the shrine. That's why the Bible says flee. You know what they call flee? Flee sexual immorality. I said, this is how they grab people. One of my brothers is, a, is, a, is on the bench, you know, a judge. One day he was talking to a big case he had to do. This was when he was a magistrate those days. They came to see him. Ah, why are you people coming to my house? They came to beg him. Say, sorry, I'm, a, I'm an incorruptible judge. I'm not beggable. Is that English good? I cannot be corrupted. So all of them left. So they, as we were getting up to leave, the young woman that came with them didn't get up. So he looked at them there. You are forgetting something. <laughs> they said, no, no, no. No, my Lord, not really. It's just to help you keep warm. He said, no, I'm, in fact, I'm hot. <laughs> as things are right now, all of you carry your trouble and go. <laughs> True story, what I've told you really happened. True story, somebody I know very well. <laughs> I said, you see, what people don't realize is that the girl is not donation. That is, the, that, is the, that is the lock and key. That is how they are going to grab him. After that, she will go away. Then they will sit at home and be typing on their spiritual computer, move to the left. Now, so you go move. Move to the right, you go, they move. He won't know why. Why am I moving without control? You don't swallow something. My wife was not asking me that. What about those that they, if they put something inside food for them? I said, it doesn't work. That Jesus said he goes into the toilet. Is that not in your Bible? Yeah. No, God, I, read it. People say that they gave me something to eat. Now, so I take joint cult. Lie. Ordinary food. How did you eat the food? That's the only thing. Okay, let me ask that side. My brother just said, I eat now. You ate with the freedom of heart. 
nothing in your heart. It's a lie. It doesn't work. See, you have to know the difference between home movies and real life. All those ones you see in home movies, movie. They, don't, they can't tell the whole story. They don't even know the whole story. They, they can't tell the whole story. They don't even know the whole story. Others like they, they just, they, they, you left food somewhere, somebody and I'll sprinkle you. And after that, you are, you are a witch. You didn't come to any agreement, though. Brethren, it doesn't work like that. Okay? What's my advice all of these things? The problem is with us. Jesus told us, it's out of the heart of man that evil things come out. That's how it works. It's what we do, rising from our hearts. It's not who shook your hand in the, you know what I mean? You are going in public, they touch you. Those things don't do anything. And please listen to this. I'm not even talking about whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian. I've not even talked about the protection of God yet. The power of the covering of the blood of Jesus. I've just talked about normal spiritual operations. Things that don't work and things that work. Because there's an order. Oh, life has order. Life has order. Now imagine the situation of those who are covered by the blood of Jesus. Ah. Oh God. Balaam is confused. Balaam does not even know where they are. When he starts, he gets confused. Because they are so thoroughly covered by the blood of Jesus. Now, but what are we talking about? We keep ourselves clean. That is the protection of the Almighty in our lives. It's how we relate with Him. Okay, so that's why, like I said, we shouldn't spend our time as Christians, you know, praying about things that are not a problem. People pray, which is I don't want me to progress. Those have held my destiny. Like I said, near success syndrome. Heard that before? Listen, that's normal life. Everybody in life, ask Max Zuckerberg, he has near success syndrome. It's normal life. There's nothing strange about it. There's nothing strange. When I do business, I lose money. Why do you think everybody's not rich? It's because they've all lost money too. <laughs> you know, make it, they make it look spiritual. Pastor, there's a problem. So what's the problem? Anytime I do business, I lose money. Maybe you don't have sense. I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> Settle down. Let us see how you are doing your business. Don't make yourself look so, so, so special that witches have gathered against only you. Look, everybody has his own problems. So. Get it clear. There is nothing the Bible says that's happening to you that's not common to man. It's usual. It's usual for you to start. I've said it. Many of us have read these things many times. It, even in the United States of America, nine out of ten businesses collapse within five years. Of the surviving ten, of the surviving ones, you know, there's only one out of nine, one out of ten, that surviving one. If you get that ten of that, another nine out of ten will collapse in the next five years. You know why? Life is hard. That is why. Life is hard. It doesn't mean you are cursed specially. It just means life is naturally hard. When we're learning elementary chemistry, they talk about the law of entropy. It said disorder is the normal order of things. So things are usually disordered. So if you're doing business, it's not moving well. Go and settle down. Learn how to do it properly. My little encounter, especially with my wife, you know, when she encounters people, most people who do business don't know what they are doing. When they lose money, people say, I will not prosper. They don't need to say it. You have no plan for prospering yourself. I was telling me the other day, somebody came to deliver something to her. Just got into, in, in, you know, into discussion with the lady, a church person. He said, okay, so this thing you have come to deliver. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. What is your delivery cost? What is your delivery cost? What did it cost you to deliver now? You say you are doing home delivery, and I appreciate it. I've collected the things you came to deliver. I'm paying you now. I'm just asking you as a sister, what is it costing you to deliver? (laughs) 
No answer. So you'll be driving up and down. You don't realize that each time you move, one liter don't go. You come back and that liter has joined. In one day, you won't realize you burn 20 liters delivery. How much is that? 3,000? Yes, 3,000 naira. Apart from wear and tear. Because my wife went to take her delivery and then she didn't come back for a while. She was not telling me that, oh, she was educating the young woman. You don't do business like this. Oh. Go back home, settle down, determine the cost of delivery. You now know how you are going to cover it. Are you raising your fees a bit, your prices a bit, or you will tell people this is the cost? A lot of people do business, they don't know that. Sometimes people like that will now be having turnover. <laughs> Where's our bro? He's not around. Let me use him to preach. He's Israel's friend. Okay, I won't mention his name. So okay, Kevin's friend too. <laughs> Man was doing business in millions, millions, millions. The Yinka sat down one day with him. And after one hour, showed him that, that as, as at August, you have made only 40,000 euros this year. He said, no, no, it's not. Oh, yeah. Give me more figures. If it's your business, not mine. Oh, yeah. Ask him questions. Yeah, write it down for me. Let me see your receipts. Did this one, this one. Fill all these forms. Fill all the columns. At the end of the day, they say, bros. Okay. It now increased. So when he supplied more figures, the money now went up. As at August, he had made only 70,000. And he had been eating, drinking. Feeding the family, paying rent. People will now come and tell you that, eh, I, I, I don't know what's happening. Anytime I just make money to just disappear like that, you were not making money. You were losing money on a daily basis. And that man was earning less than 10,000 naira a month. That's on the bad side. The bad side was that he was not aware. Because there will be no more that will pass. Clients won't pay like a million. But he didn't realize that in seven months he had only pocketed 70,000. Now, even if you're a witch, will you bother yourself with such people? <laughs> there are bigger fish to fry, for goodness sake. There's no need. Don't waste your, 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 your shamanic effort on people who are ruining themselves anyway. What I've told you is not a joke. Most human beings have found out who do business are there. The day my, my wife told the driver how much cost, you know, this transparent cellophane bag is for each thing they package. The man was staring. How I said, do you, oh, who do you think will pay the cost if I don't calculate it? He came to, how, how much was it? Was it one naira or less? But the man was shocked that she knew, ah, if I don't calculate it, who will account for it? Tomorrow I'll say it's a witch that took it. Every time I do something, eh? 85,000 will just disappear. The witches, they sat on my money. If you got a good accountant, he will show you where the witches drained it from. <laughs> the Lord is good. I'm just emphasizing the Christian. Please, leave this witch thing alone. Please, I'm begging you. See, waste of your time. They don't have the kind of power that you are giving to them. They don't share out husbands. My auntie said I will not marry. The girl put her in charge of sharing her husband. My auntie said I will not marry. Even Nigerian DSS boss was fired today. How much more? <laughs> when you lock up National Assembly, asking President will sack you. <laughs> the Lord is good. 
how much more one auntie does she's in charge of husband assembly rubbish <laughs> what am I saying listen our efforts our energy is on ourselves if the ways of a man pleases the Lord he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him that's how it works so the man is focused on how the things that he does will be pleasing to the Lord. That's it. What is my relationship with the Lord? Is nothing else. Oh, I just feel like emphasizing that to us. Let's now read, rise to our, read the scriptures. We are going to use that to pray. Psalm 139, we are reading every portion of it. 24 verses. Apostle, you, you won't believe this. I'm tired of, this is, you hear me preach. I'm tired of preaching it. Just I can't help but, you know, you can't help. That discussion I told that I had with my colleagues, somebody said that, eh, that, that he stopped giving alms to beggars. Why? That they said they bring bad luck. I said, how can they bring bad luck? He said, no, it happened to him. I said, let me hear what happened. Anytime he gives their alms, he will have a problem on the road with his car. Like what? Two times like that. He's tired. Brand new tires. Bust. And you think it's the alms. When he's finished telling me, I said, okay, let me give you divine understanding. You were supposed to die. The arms giving saved your life. The bust tire is the remnant of your, of your, your somersaulted car. God downgraded it to bust tire. He looked at me like this. I said, listen, God just downgraded it. He downgraded it before because of the kindness of your heart. You want to now stop. You're about to die. <laughs> Back tire, bust. Brand new tire. What do you kill? What do you think killed Ocholi? Brand new tire, brand new vehicle, back. Boss on the way from Benue to, to Abuja. And the man died. You now, you are alive and complaining. That is, instead of thanksgiving, is complain. One of my friends, the mother died. She, she, she had lived with him in the UK for some time. So she came home in December, then died a few months later. So he was angry, of course, you can understand. Because she was sick, briefly, they said she had a fall. So, the way, of course, the way it is when somebody dies, what did the doctor do right? What did the doctor not do right? So, he was so upset. So, he went to see the doctor when he came home. Let's make a long story short. We found out along the line, the mother even refused to go to hospital. She didn't want to go. Let's just make a long story short. Of course, he was unhappy. And I said, okay. You are thinking that she should not have, if she had not come home, she would have been alive, right? I said, you forget the other side of it. He's a believer. I said, this is an appointment. God just saved you the cost of transporting a corpse by making the dead person walk by herself to Nigeria. Then reached house, took ill, and died. I said, imagine if you had died in the UK. Eh? He said, I never thought about it like that. I said, look at you. I said, let, let, let her die abroad. Carry the corpse. You know what the corpse cost. No, do you know, if you want to die, eh, just travel home first, though, because... Trans- <laughs> Transporting. I'm telling you, a living person climbing a plane is far cheaper than if that guy lies down flat. Ah. One of our sisters, they were discussing the other day the same thing. She didn't know her father from, from, from the time she was born for certain family issues, you understand, reasons, until she had grown a bit. Then one day, the father and his people came to come and you know, meet her and all of that, get to know her. And then he died a few weeks after. Of course, she was unhappy. Her God, I didn't know this man for a long time. Now knew him now, then you now took him away. I said, sis, you forgot the other side of it. 
death is an appointment. God saw he was about to die. He said, no, this my girl must not, this man must not die until she has known him. So he prodded him, pushed him, come and meet her. So he satisfied the assignment of God, went back home and died. It's the mercy of God. It's not his anger that you experienced. If you had let things go, normally you would never have known him. I told my guy that day, I said, my friend, forget this thing. Better continue doing your good works. Give your arms. Otherwise, next time you're tired of us, you go no offer. The only thing I told him, I said, listen, I hope you don't use that arm. Because if you're a Christian, this is how to get into trouble. I said, I hope you don't use the arms to buy insurance for the journey. He said, no. Because if you're a Christian, I said, okay, so I'm about to go on this journey, give out arms. <laughs> God will be so angry with you, he will break that car in pieces. Just bring only you out alive. That is you and the people inside. Then shred the car to pieces. Say, you want to buy another insurance? Do I look like a man sad? If you want insurance for your car, you pray. For your journey, you confess the word of God. You ask his mercy upon your life. You don't go and be saying that, uh, give the arms so that uh, you will be safe. You do that one, bros. If you do it in my prayer, I come down from your car. If it's not my car, I come down. Say, why are you coming down? This car is not safe. Why? I saw you buying insurance on the roadside. That is very, very unreliable. <laughs> insurance. If you want me to ride with you, pray. Let's bow down. Let's first confess our sins to God. Lord, we are sorry for doing zakat, trying to get protection. Then we'll ask for the mercy of God. But if you are not using your arm to buy insurance on the roadside, please, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Please, let's not be afraid. I don't like the way a lot of people live this. It's not the right. Christians shouldn't live like that. I mean, show people the light. Show people the light. The one my wife told me that somebody testified. I said, God, I'm happy I'm not in that church that day. Apart from that, I'm not the pastor. If they had told me, go and take offering. I don't care what the pastor would say. I will reprise the message. A woman came to testify. When my husband was going home, I told him not to give money to his aunties. I gave him not to give money to his aunties. He now gave money to his aunties. We came back. Our financial problems began and lasted five years. If you say that one where I am, I don't... Oh, no, 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 no. You can't say that where I am. I'll let you go. You didn't like your aunties before. You found something to blame them for now. Why did you, why did you identify them? You said, this is your Jesus that's asleep. Your Jesus without power. Powerless Jesus. That's the one you are serving. The one that needs you not to give money to your aunties to keep you pros- protected and prosperous. Like the one we watched in TV, that day, me and my children. We were watching, I said, my children, this is a fake Jesus now. It's a fake one. The Jesus that entered into the tomb, Lord Lazarus, held Lazarus by the head like this. <laughs> <laughs> to raise him up from the dead. I told my children, put up the television. <laughs> Nonsense, Jesus. <laughs> ah, when you want to act movie, don't you read your Bible? You want to act about Jesus. Even you will pick Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh-uh. I saw the Jesus, Jesus just, Jesus walk out like this, walk out like this. <laughs> they removed the stone and he entered into the grave and held Lazarus by the head. I told my children, that Jesus is a fake one. Let me tell you about the real Jesus. The real Jesus stood outside and said, I don't have to raise my voice just because I want people to know what's going on. Father, I thank you because you hear me always. Lazarus, comfort. Lazarus, shh, 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 dropped in front. He didn't move by himself. Somebody dropped him there because he said to him, lose him and let him go. He couldn't move before. That's the Jesus I know. That's the one that does not depend on the which is not noticing me to protect me. That is the Jesus I know. 
That is the one that, does, that said to me, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. Is it Jesus I know? He said, I am your shepherd. That's what he said. I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. I don't hide from them. That's Jesus I know. This is our last Jesus. Some people are saving. I don't know him. I don't know that one. That is not my Jesus. Not at all. This is my own. He's not afraid. This is my own. No. He doesn't tell me, don't let strangers touch you. Otherwise, something will vanish. <laughs> no, this is my Jesus. He's not afraid. You know what my own Jesus says? If you are a witch, touch me. Your brain will vanish. <laughs> That's my own Jesus. Now, touching competition. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I mean, touch me, touch me, I touch you. Man, I know the vex. I mean, now, now, which thing could disappear for which person? It matter. Yeah, which touch me? Your brain, that is, in Jesus' name, your brain is gone. I will make sure your brain vanishes from, you know, the higher centers. You start teaching with your, you, you, you thinking with your, <laughs> spinal cord. <laughs> Nonsense. The Jesus I know is not afraid. The Jesus I know died to set us free from the, from the fear of death. The Jesus I know hates the idea of his people running up and down looking for prosperity. So Nigeria is not good. Let us another country where life is easier. You know what Jesus said? He said that's how they become slaves. When they found that the land is good and they rush over there, they said they will bend their back to bear the body and become a slave at forced labor. Nonsense. The Jesus I know is not, is not afraid of anybody. The Lord is good. Let's read Psalm 139. We're going to read the whole of it. Okay, let's do like this to make it interesting. I will read one verse. You will read the next verse. That's everybody else. And then we'll read uh, verse 24 all together. So let us start. Well, uh, there's a portion I'm going to. We're going to use that one to pray. David taught us to pray like this. It's a Psalm of David. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. Verse 2. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you understand my thoughts from afar. Verse 3, you scrutinize my path and my lying down, and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Verse 4, even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. Verse 5, you have enclosed me behind and before, and laid your hand on me. Verse 6, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain to it. Because of this, verse 7, Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? Verse 8, If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in show, behold, you are there. Verse 9, If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the earth, verse 10, Even there, your hand will lead me, and your right hand will lay hold of me. 11, if I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me, and the light around me will be night. 12, even the darkness is not dark to you, and the night is as bright as the day to you. Darkness and light are alike to you. Verse 13, for you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. Verse 14, I, am, I will give thanks to you. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. 16. Your eyes have seen my uncommon substance, and your book were all written, the days that were ordained for me, 
when as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How vast is the sum of them! 18. If I should count them, they would outnumber the sun. When I awake, I am still with you. O that you will slay the wicked, O God! Depart from me, therefore, men of bloodshed. 20. For they speak against you wickedly, and your enemies take your name in vain. Verse 21. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? Do I not lose those who rise up against you? 22. I hate them with the utmost hatred. They have become my enemies. Now, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. 24. And see if there is any hurtful way in me, and lead me in the way, lead me in the everlasting way. Amen. Amen. Now, why did I read this? I want to just emphasize something which I want us to pray with today. And that is the fact that God has a plan for the life of each Christian. If you believe that, say amen. amen. That statement is important because I've noticed that many Christians, when they speak, they speak as if he does not have a plan. But actually, he has a plan, which sometimes is called his will for your life. There is a reason why you were born. If you go and read John chapter 12, there was a time Jesus was talking about things that will happen. He now said like this, it's not even prayer point you even pray. Jesus said, will I pray, Father, deliver me from this hour? He said, no now, but for this cause, I came to this hour. That is, even though the deliverance prayer was available, it was forbidden that he should pray it. That was why when he was in the garden and he wanted to pray, he saw trouble coming. But his prayer was not, Lord, deliver me from the trouble. He said, if it was possible, I would have loved to escape from this. He said, but not my will. Yours be done. That is, he knew he had to go to the cross. He didn't come like we used to think when we were children to pray whether God would change his way, his, his plan. No. He came to dedicate himself to the plan of God, knowing that that plan was not changeable. He knew. He prayed until he had the strength to walk in God's plan. Christianity is not the easy way out in life. I hope you are getting what I'm going to say here. No, it is not as if if you give, uh, uh, give up the millions you had, God will not make them billions. No. There are people that gave up the millions they had, and God gave them hundred, hundred naira the rest of their lives until they died. Yes. Not because he couldn't do more, but because that was just the way it worked. I like to tell the story of John G. Lake all the time. Multi-millionaire. By today, in today's standards, man was worth millions of dollars in today's standards. Then one day he sold everything, liquidated all his, you know, all his um, assets. Thank you. And then decided to be praying for even transport money to enter the boat to go to South Africa with his family to go and preach the gospel. And that's how he lived, believing God for every money that will come until he finally passed on. But we are telling his story today because he saved God in his generation. Listen, what we need as believers, I've noticed Christians, when they make plans, when they make decisions, they don't seem to, a lot of people don't realize that God actually has a will. He actually cares whether you live in Enugu or in Lagos or in Abakliki, or in Makodi, or, you know, or in, you know, in Portacot, or wherever. He cares. He actually has decided where he wants you to go. You don't just uproot yourself. And if, when it comes to geographical decisions, be very careful, Christians. So 
You don't just uproot and disappear anywhere you want just because you like it like that. You don't choose professions for your children because um, this one makes money. Are they serving God or serving mammon? That's how we know whether we are serving God or serving mammon. We want to make decisions. When Samson was going to be born, they had to pray, what kind of child is this going to be? Same thing with Moses. You can decide in life to believe God for non-entity children or serious children. But if you say you are believing God for serious children, then you have to pray the prayers that go with serious children. God, what have you ordained them to be? Help me to guide them into that, that you ordained this child to be. Help me to guide him. Help me to guide her. It is not that, uh, you know, when you're a lawyer, you become a senior advocate. Then you make a lot of money. Are you getting my point? No, it's important. It is very important. People think they just say, okay, you know, the major problem, let me tell you, you know whether you really believe God. Believing God is in different levels. There's one level of believing God in which you circumcise yourself. The higher level of believing God is circumcising your child. Spiritually, you know, circumcision now. Many parents are very eager to believe God and go anywhere for God. But if the child says he wants to go somewhere for God, want yourself. Who is me you want to give high blood pressure? You build one house, build another one behind. Yeah, park inside there. Be safe where I can see you. I hope you know Jesus was somebody was somebody's son too. The mother was alive and when they collected him and started beating him. Mother was probably watching from a distance. I don't know where she was when they were nailing him to the cross. Thank God Simeon had warned her. A sword will pass through your own soul. So she understood it. Hey. Did you see what, what they call world's best picture? Was it last year or the year before? Of one woman cringing like this as the doctor was giving injections to the little child, immunization. And the child was looking at the needle and the nurse with one eye like this. But the mother don't enter inside her body. So imagine Jesus Christ, that's what I'm trying to explain. The sword passed through the soul of his mother too. But he had to go to the cross. So that's the high level of believing God. After you finish believing God for, your, for yourself, <laughs> your son now comes to you and says, Daddy, I feel called to missions. Where? You know, there's been a lot of crisis in the Congo. I'm joining a missionary team where we are going to the Congo. <laughs> My son, sit down. Let me tell you about missions. <laughs> <laughs> Just know you are disobeying God. Listen. Oh, you know, it's easy to read the story of Abraham. Take Isaac, thy only son. Listen, people of God, you too, you will take that only son, no? You may not say bring a knife to his neck to just let him go and do you service. That's all God is asking you to do. Say, no! No, 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 where is it? But she, it's very dangerous. Um, you are calling everybody because this Isaac cannot sacrifice, this Abraham can't sacrifice, can't even cut Isaac's hair. Not about sacrificing him on the altar. Let's get ready. Now, so life view. Look, the, I told you my own Christianity is not the soft, soft. Look, God has not allowed me to preach the sweet, sweet one. If you want the sweet, sweet one, see me after. I can show you where they are preaching it. This guy, no. I'm telling you, one day your child will walk up to you and will tell you that I'm resigning my job. Ha. This job that you use all the best connections you had to get for him. And it's ending well. He's settled. Your mind has rested that that one is settled. The foolish boy will now one day obey God. 
Why can't they leave obedience to you and your wife? The foolish boy will show up and obey God. Okay. You are obeying God. What is, what is God saying? Holy Spirit said that we are going to the Congo. We are ministering to the rebels. <laughs> you know what? God is not looking at you. looking at you. Let me see how you are going to react. Say you say you believe me. Let me see how you should react. Tell the boy, come. The Lord go with you. The Lord keep you. I promise I'll just be praying for you. I won't be thinking about it because you want to kill. <laughs> don't kill somebody. <laughs> Do you know that's what that's what he demands? Ah, one day I was reading my Bible. I felt like prophetic office. God, please don't call. Don't, don't send me. You know why? Ezekiel woke up one day, and God said, "Son of man," he said, "Here I am. Today I'm about to remove the love of your life." Prophetic work. Must you kill my wife? In prophetic work. I'm serious. By evening, his wife died. And he warned him, now, you will not mourn, you will not do this, you will not do that, and now this is how you are going to talk to Israel. God, are there no other ways to pass this message instead of taking somebody's wife? That day I was like, gee. Next time they said, here I am, send me. He said, no, here I am, send him. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. That was every night you wake up and checking your wife. Are you still there? <laughs> <laughs> that is good. Now, what am I going to say? Listen, God has a plan for our lives. It's not always easy. Okay? Oswald Chambers said, the cost of discipleship is not actually what it costs you yourself, but what it costs the people that you love. Yes. Remember my cousin, when he wanted to enter the ministry, he came to my father to talk to my father so that my father could talk to his own father. He didn't have to walk up to his father and say, after all this labor, people have labored on my head. I'm about to resign. N- not now. I'm telling you, I was a little boy. How many people got called to ministry those days? Now, you have pastors called to ministry and the church welcomes them with a good, uh, 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 you know, a prado. Those days, when they called to ministry, you're called to poverty. And your father knows. That's why I had to come and talk to my father to let his father know that he's been called to ministry. Also, Chambers said, that is the cost of discipleship. What is it to cost those that you love? Are you getting my point here? But no matter what it costs any one of us, remember this. You don't belong to anybody else. Except a man hates his father and his mother. He cannot be my disciple. Following Jesus means that you don't care, first of all, about what other people are thinking, but about what God who owns you has, yes, what he wants. What he says he wants. Nobody saying it's easy. A man came to Jesus and said, I will follow you, but let me go home and go and first bury my father. What did Jesus say to him? Let the dead bury the dead. So anyone that puts his hand on the plow and looks back, is not worthy of me. It's not worthy of the kingdom. Many times, I mean, those of them were in school, people will say that, no, they are going to ministry, but first they will establish their business. When the business has been established, not generating passive income, they will not answer the call. There's nobody that told me that has doing any ministry today. You know why? Because God is always concerned about what you put first. He said, first let me go and settle myself financially. Once that becomes first, Holy Spirit say, Ichabod, go somewhere else. That's how it is. Following the Lord, it costs. That's the point I'm going to make. It costs. I told you, you know, I, I talk about my friend Pastor Courage a lot. 
Many people don't realize, like, he's going to the U.S., he doesn't have to get a visa because he carried a British passport. That passport he was supposed to call him when he was in university. His siblings wanted him to move to the U.K. at that time. And he was willing to do it until one of his friends said, just be sure it's the will of God. He said, the man the guy said it, I knew it was not. Abandoned the whole project and relaxed. And then God called him one day, arise my son, go to Sokoto and go and start a church. And the first year, hunger almost killed him. I'm telling you, hunger, hunger did demon. Are you sure God called you? He said, yes. <laughs> he said, he used to brag. How can you say you are called to ministry? You start a church. In the first year, you're not up to a hundred. Either you are lazy or you're not called. So that's what he used to say. Either you are lazy or you're not called. Now he did the first one year and he didn't have one member. And he knew he was not lazy. And he knew he was called. He changed his doctrine after that. <laughs> no. God has, you know, that, all I want to emphasize is that it's not where it's convenience that we go. It's where we are sent that we go. But I'm, I'm preaching that I, I know it's not easy. And that is why everything is a matter of prayer. Yes. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah. That's the point. It's not easy. Nobody's saying it's easy. If Jesus needed prayer to go to the cross, I need prayer to cross the road. He hold Jesus. In their prayer to go to the cross. What, what, what don't I need prayer for? I mean, I acknowledge it was hard. To then can't you watch with me for one hour? He prayed until he sweated blood. Literally, the skin on his brow broke and he began to bleed. Because of the pressure inside his soul. It's not easy. Just walking out of everything you knew to go and start something else and you call it ministry. And it's not only ministry like that. Sometimes marrying that guy is, is, a, is a calling. Yeah. And really, marry you, that's to be a calling. You know that kind of attitude? <laughs> it's true. But everything, we tackle it with what? With prayer. What I'm just sharing with us briefly today is this. Christians should remember that God actually has a plan. They should remember that each one of us, will actually belong to somebody. And we don't do what we like. We do what he likes. Are you getting my point? We don't go where he wants. We go where he wants. This is the interesting part. Primarily, we actually don't marry who we like. We marry who he likes. That's a matter of fact. We don't take the job we want to. We take the job that he decides. There are jobs that will look so nice, so, so beautiful. Everything is perfect. Really, even you've read um, Guided by the Spirit, you purge your soul, everything perfect. Then one night, an angel of the Lord appears to you and says, Son of man, say, Bros, how far? Say, The Lord said I should tell you that job, you will not take it. I told you about our brother now, the one in Onicha. Bank employed him. Where are these guarantors again? How many of you are in garant- with guarantors here? Where's your husband? He was one of the guarantors. They have signed up the guarantee form. Submitted. He was supposed to just now come and collect his posting letter where they will post him to. Then he mistakenly, oh, that day, he mistakenly came up here. I don't know what he was looking for. He now picked the book, Don't Quit the Army. And he said he read the back of the book. Just the back cover of Don't Quit the Army. The Lord was saying to him, that secondary school where you are, stay there. The way you give your life to Christ, it's not a passport of prosperity. 
I'm telling you the truth. People think it's pastor to prosperity. It's passport to obedience to the will of God no matter what. The first thing the Lord Jesus told Saul, who is now, of course, Paul, first thing he told him what he will suffer for his sake. Young man just got the job in a bank. It, it wasn't like, am I getting the job? We have looked for guarantors. They have signed papers. Money will increase. I cannot help my siblings more. I can now, of course, <laughs> you know, things can be better. Ready to take the job. <laughs> he said the thing is still, the letter is still in his email. The bank just didn't see him again. They wonder what happened to this one. He just came and said, just took the book. Just sitting down here, just took the book off the shelf. Don't quit the army. He turned the back. They opened inside though. Just the back. He read it. And in that book I wrote, in red, warning, don't read this book unless you want to serve the Lord. I wrote it in red at the back. Unfortunately for him, he didn't read the book. He read the back cover, the way the warning was. <laughs> so when he was done, he realized that, oh, oh. You know, there are things that say, I don't know the will of God. There are some that the will of God knows you. you I mean, that is, you don't need to think about it. He said, I just knew that what the Lord was saying is that you can't leave that secondary school. So he abandoned the bank job, went back to secondary school. Down there in Anambra and continued working. But what God was using him to do, even he knew he was anointed to stay there. Because young people will come to his office to renounce courtism. Secondary school boys. He was a terror to the realm of darkness, snatching people away from the hands of the devil. Now he does a Bible study in that area now, regularly, teaching people the word of God. You won't carry this money to heaven. You went to Dubai, will not count when you, when you are getting your reward before the Lord Jesus Christ. Christianity is not uh, how I make more money, how I sow my hundred naira and God gives me back 10,000. Let me tell you what Christianity is. How God collects your hundred naira, shares to everybody else and leaves you with nothing. That's Christianity. And if you want to talk, he'll ask you, who owns the first hundred naira? The voice with which you want to complain, whose voice is it? The heart that was beating while you were earning that hundred naira, whose heart is it? Should I make the heart stop for two seconds? He said, no, sir. He said, so shut up and enjoy it. Do you have another hundred? Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. No, no, let's get that in our minds. That's Christianity for you. Not to say that. No, 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 no. He's serving God all around. Because I see a lot of Christians, they, you know, they think as if what God is concerned about is how to multiply their money, how to give them comfort. After he served God for 10 years, he settles you for 50 years. When I asked Paul how he was settled, I'll tell you how Paul was settled. He made sure to honor him. Every one of you will read him, him every day. That's all Paul got out of it. Though. I hope you know that. That's all Paul got out of it. Died in prison. Died in prison. Poured his life out throughout as a drink offering. Then finally God now made it literal. Yeah, behead him. And before that time, he said, I've finished the course. I've run the race. I've kept the faith. There's nothing that remains. Everything the Lord wants me to do, I've done it. One day, you'll actually have to look back and ask yourself, did I do what he wanted me to do? Let us pray. Dedicate ourselves again today. Let's dedicate ourselves again. Say, Lord, ah, you own me. I recognize it. Say it like Paul. God, you are the one I serve. You are the one that owns me. Important. Let's begin to, let's raise our voices to the Lord. Dedicate ourselves. I consecrate myself to you again. 
Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Say to the Lord now. Say, Lord, not my will, but yours. Use your mouth to serve God with your life. That's it. Say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. I belong to you. You are my Lord. You are my master. You own me entirely. You own me, spirit, soul, and body. You own everything that I call my own. Say to him, Lord, I dedicate myself to that understanding again today. I dedicate myself to that understanding again. I dedicate myself to you again. You understand my thoughts from afar. You scrutinize my path. You know my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. Lord, even before there is a word on my tongue, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and in front. Your hand is upon me. Lord, you have all this knowledge about me. I am yours every angle. I am yours. I am yours in all that I do. Lord, I dedicate myself again to you today. I say with Paul, God, whose I am and whom I serve. Lord, I belong to you and I will serve you. Say to him, Lord, I belong to you. I will serve you. Uh, Lord, I belong to you and I will serve you. Lord, fill me with the spirit of service. Fill me with the spirit of service. Spill, fill me, Lord, with the spirit of service. As you poured it into Jesus in that garden, fill me tonight, Lord, with the spirit of service. Lord, let the words of my mouth, let the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you. Let every decision I make be acceptable to you. Let everywhere I go be acceptable to you. Let the jobs that I take be acceptable to you. Let everything that I do, Lord, be those things that are acceptable, acceptable to you. Lord, let me not live for myself. I declare again today, Lord, I will not live for myself. I will not live for myself. If I have to change a job, it's because you want me to change it. Lord, if I want to change a job, it's because you want me to change. If I want to change location, it is because it is pleasing to you. Oh, I'm not just taking the will of God as something to you know, pacify myself. But Lord, I want to walk in a manner worthy of you to please you in all respects. I want to bear fruit in every good work. Lord, I want to fulfill the purpose you have for my life. Lord, I know you have a plan. Everybody pray. Say, Lord, I know you have a plan. Lord, I thank you. I know you have a plan for my life. You are using me. You are using me. You have given me a gift. Oh, Lord, you have given me a gift. I recognize it. I declare it. That the gift of God is inside me. That gift was given to me to do the purpose of God. That gift was given that I may follow his plan for my life. I dedicate myself again tonight. I say, Lord, your plan I will follow. 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 The plan for my life, I will follow it. I dedicate myself to your plan for my life today. In the name of Jesus. My life is yours. It's not my own. Oh, Jesus, you died for all. So that those who live will no longer live for themselves. But live for the one who died and rose again on their behalf. Jesus, I live for you. I live for you. Jesus, I live for you. Jesus, I live for you. Jesus, I live for you. That's our prayer this evening. Everybody prayed. Say, Jesus, I live for you. You formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. And my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. And when I was skillfully made, wrought in the depths of the earth. 
Your eyes have seen my unformed substance. And your book were all written. The days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. Say, Lord, I will walk in the days you ordained for me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I speak to my life. Fulfill the purpose of God. Do not fulfill the purpose of man. Do not fulfill your own desires. Do not fulfill your own ambitions. So, listen to me. You will serve God. You will not serve man. You will not serve yourself. But you will serve Jesus. Who died to redeem you from your sins. Who died and rose again for your, on your behalf. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every anxious thought soul is removed out of your life. You are speaking to your soul. I speak to my soul. No anxiety will drive you up and down. The love of money will not drive you up and down. The desire to serve other people will not drive you up and down. The desire to fulfill your ambition will not drive you up and down. Soul, one thing will push you up and down. That is the will of God for your life. You are speaking to your soul. My soul, I speak to you. One thing will push you. That is the will of God for your life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's what we are praying this evening. That's our prayer. Everybody pray. You can take, take, take that scripture, take that Psalm 139 and read it again. Read it to yourself. That from verse 13 to verse 16. Just read it. Read it no, as, you, as, as your prayer. You don't have to use those words now if you have other words to use. But be dedicating yourself. Say, Lord, as I'm applying for a job, your will is what I'm thinking about. As I'm about to marry somebody, is your will is what I'm thinking about. As I'm moving from one place to the other, your will is what I'm thinking about. Why? For you form my inward parts. My, my inward parts. You wove me my mother's womb. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You made me for a purpose. You made me for a purpose. You made me for a purpose. In, my, in your book, all the days of my life were written. All the days you ordained for me. Lord, I receive strength to obey you. I receive strength to obey you. I receive strength to obey you. I receive strength for difficult decisions. I receive strength to do that which is pleasing to you. In the name of Jesus. I receive strength to forgive somebody. Sometimes <laughs> to, for, to forgive is strength. But it's the will of God. It's the will of God. I receive strength to forgive. I receive strength to give. Sometimes you are tired of giving to something. You are tired of helping somebody or helping a situation. But strength is what you need to continue to do that which is pleasing to God. Say, I receive strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do the will of God for my life through Christ who strengthens me. I declare the plan of God I will fulfill through Christ who strengthens me. Not by my own strength, but through Christ who strengthens me. In the name of Jesus. Through Christ who strengthens me. I do all of these through Christ who strengthens me. I walk in the plan of God for my life through Christ who strengthens me. I follow the phases of God for my life. Using the strength of Christ who strengthens me. In the name of Jesus. I'm able. I have the ability of God in me. I have the ability of God in me. In the name of Jesus. Let's open our Bible screen. Let's open to the book of Romans. There's one that Paul said to us there. We should read that also. Romans chapter 12. Paul said for verse... Okay, let me just start from verse 1. He said, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the message of God... To present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. They do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, 
that which is good, at the same time acceptable, and at the same time it is perfect. It's not three levels, please. Let's get it clear. The will of God is good for you. If you believe that, say amen. amen. It is acceptable unto him in your life. Amen. And it is perfect. If you believe it, give me an amen. amen. Now, Paul now said, For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith, if service, in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, he who exalts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now let me just stop reading here. This is what I want us to understand from here. Paul said in that verse 6 by Revelation, we all have gifts. Somebody say amen. amen. Say, I have a gift. I have a gift. And I have the grace of God with me. As a matter of fact, everybody has a gift. Everybody has grace. Now they just, there's one little problem. Many people don't know their gifts for a number of reasons. One, one major reason of why many people don't know is that they don't know the concept of gifts exist. That's one, but we have got, overcome that now. But many people, what happens is that their gift is not popular, it's not well known. You understand? When they say they want to serve God, they want to they, they teach the preaching ministry is what they understand as a gift. Do you understand? They don't know, just to put things in order is a gift. It's a gift. It may just be that you are, you are the one that if you say, okay, the program is holding, or a fellowship like this is running. It's, it's, it's just natural. You want to get there an hour early, make sure everything is running. And then, you know, generator is not starting. You have a skill to have it start or know somebody to call and bring it to be, you know, just putting things together. Like one of our brothers said that I have realized that one of my gifts or his major gift is raising money for good causes. And really, I've seen him do it many times. If I wonder, we're talking. Another brother told him, I said, wait, you got this man to give you money. Then I believe in that your gift. I don't know what I get it from. They were supposed to get money for something. You know, we're trying to put some money together. So he said, okay, ah, I talked to brother so and so and so. He gave me maybe like, let's say, 250,000. And that man said, what did you say? Like I gave you 250,000 for this thing. Now I know you have a gift. <laughs> that is, for you to get that money out of him, you are called. He said, because I know him, he doesn't release money like that. And his brother said, look, I know it's a gift I have. It's not just about him having money. Now he'll contribute his own. But it goes one person to the other, listen, this is a good project. We have to do this and do this, and this is going to cost us $3.5 million. Where is yours? And he talked to people like that until the money is complete. He says it's a gift that he has. Many people don't realize that. Really, that's a gift. That's a gift. It may not be, it may not be the best organizer. That's his own gift. Are you getting my point? Yes, that's one reason why many people don't know that they have a gift. Because they've not recognized the gift, the area in which they have it. I just gave you one that is unusual now for you to understand. Go and read this book I recommend all the time. The Appears People on Earth by Demo Shakarian. He did not know what his real gift was. I mean, his calling was until one day he had then just looked and said, ah, wait, I'm very good organizing things. When he was in the Bible and answered the helps. There's a ministry of helps. Oh, it's even the scriptures like that. So he took it upon himself. He was never a preacher really in full gospel. He just put full gospel together. Everybody else will speak. He'll bring ministers from here and there. He'll just, most of the time, be in the background. 
But that's how he fulfilled his ministry. I hope you're getting my point here. People have different things. Another reason why people may not know their gifts, Paul said to Timothy, Kindle, stir up the gift. Rekindle. Greek, anazuporio. Yes. <laughs> I remember that because one brother used to those days in school. So the word for rekindle means to anazuporio. I never forgot it. That was about 27 years ago. <laughs> the Lord is good. Alright, so, you know, Paul said to Timothy, to anazuporio that gift that is in him. Why? Because sometimes it goes dormant. And that's how God does, did, did life. If you have a muscle, you are not using it, it wastes. You understand? That's how it works. When you go to the gym, you build up muscle. Good muscle. Don't go for six months. That's it. It goes down. That's the same thing. I wonder if I was reading Reader's Digest. He said one of the reasons why adults are not balanced when they are old is that they, they don't play silly games anymore. What was Reader's Digest saying? That if you, you know, if you're walking on the road and there's a small ledge there, you know children, they don't walk on that road. You know where they're going to walk? On that ledge. And you're balancing like this and doing like this. He said adults do it too. That it helps your brain. But adults, you know, you, you, you are wearing, you know, big sole shoe, you are walking. The shoe is doing the balancing for you. <laughs> but our children know it is a difficult place. And you, you know, you all did it now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, you're not the one I want to say yes yet. You'll be walking on the fence. You've not done walking on the fence. Yeah. We all did that when we were young. See ground here, see ground on the other side. You will not go to the other side. You won't stay on your side. You will not stay on the fence and be walking on the fence. And then when you hear crew, like your father wants to come and people start jumping down. Then when you say, no, it's not daddy, then you go back on top of the fence. <laughs> why? You just want to balance. And that's what I just said. It's one of the reasons why children are balanced. So what I'm trying to say, if you have a gift, if you don't use it, it withers. So many people, I know many, Anointed preachers, but they've gone to pursue other things. So the preaching anointing has withered. I told you before, one of the most anointed preachers I ever saw in Nigeria is, is the comedian. Last time I heard he was advertising for Glow. Anytime I hear his voice, I just shake my head. You'll have known that God has preachers anointed. But now, what is he doing? He had no kemuti, he telling jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he has joined them. I go die. What is what's his name? I live by a basket mouth. They are telling jokes. Anointing has, has withered. That's the reason why a lot of people's anointings also, their gifts also wither. They don't use it. This is our prayer. Say, Lord, any gift inside me that has withered, by your spirit, stay it up for me. Help me to stay it up. It's an important prayer. Because sometimes you think that, do I have a gift? You do. So Lord, help me to discover my gift. Help me to stir up the one that has withered. Help me stir up the one that has withered. Ah, God doesn't take it easy with you if you don't use your gift. That's what they call being an unprofitable servant. You have to stir up that gift. There is a gift of God that is in you. Paul said to Timothy, stir it up. It's there. You may not know. You need to stir it up. You need to stir it up. Stir it up with prayer. Stir it up with prayer. If you find it, start using it again. Yo, those days in school, you remember, you used to preach. That was like 15 years ago. God said, start preaching again. Start writing articles. Have a blog where you teach the word of God. Stir up that gift. Stir up that gift. Say, Lord, help me. Help me to stir up my gift. Say, prayer this evening. My gift must be stirred up in the name of Jesus. 
I stir up my gift by faith. I stir up my gift by faith this night. In the name of Jesus, I stir up my gifts by faith. I stir up my gifts by faith. I stir up my gift by faith. I stir up my gift. There is a new gift God is dropping on people. You never knew you had it. It's coming on you this night. There's going to be a new manifestation of the Spirit in your life. A new manifestation of the Spirit. Revelations in dreams and visions. is coming upon some people here. Oh, you don't have to be a preacher alone. Preachers, you will receive it. But even people here, housewives, will receive those gifts. In the name of Jesus, I'm saying this, the gift of God is coming afresh upon people here tonight. It's coming afresh upon people. Revelations. Paul said, let me now come to dreams and to revelations. Yes, some people, you are coming to dreams and revelations. You are coming to dreams and revelations beginning from this night. Listen, not, listen, listen, not only preachers, even businessmen. Even scientists, a gift is coming to you. Joseph was not a preacher in the Bible. He was an interpretation, interpreter of dreams. You may not realize it, Daniel was also not a preacher. He was a man that had visions and revelations. Visions and revelations coming to some people here beginning from tonight. Skill, new level of skill. New level of skill coming to some people here. Oh, you need to receive that which is yours. A new level of skill. There's something you have despised. God is waking it up again in your life. And it's going to another level. You will be a blessing to people with those gifts. Say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, by faith I stir up my gift this evening. I stir up my gift. I stir up my gift by faith in the name of Jesus. Listen, we cannot let the gift of God in us lie dormant. We are held accountable. He will ask us one day, what did you do with the meaning I gave to you? There was one man, he buried his own. You remember how the master reacted? It was not funny. What was his sin? He buried his mina. Your own must not be buried. Your gift must not be buried. You know, let me remind you of this story I told. Which I heard Ken Hagen preach, preach with. When he was about 42, before he was 45, 40, about 20, 42 years of age, was when he had a vision in which when he fell from on the platform and severely injured his uh, his elbow. And then the Lord appeared to him in the vision after the doctors had taken him to surgery and they have set everything back. And the Lord told him that, listen, I called you to be a prophet. He had a prophetic gift, but he has subdued that gift. He ha- the gift had buried, been buried. And one major reason he buried it, you know the reason? People didn't understand it. They just like preachers, preach, preach, preach teach, 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 and go away. But when it came to, you know, visions and revelations, ah, <laughs> They didn't understand. So he began to kill that thing. And it, it, it also has some personal issues that anytime he goes into visions and revelations, he starts getting, he starts seeing things he really was not um, excited about, you know? So for all of those reasons, he killed the gift. And the Lord appeared to him and said, you were going to die at the age of 57. That you would not have lived beyond 57. What was the reason? You took your gift and buried it. And the reason why it is good, you had this experience, falling down, severely open, injuring your arm, so that you cannot be calm in hospital, and I'm here telling you things, is because I need that gift to be woken up again. Otherwise, 57 years max is how, you, is how long you will have lived. And you'll have seen such a powerful teacher of faith, suddenly just falling down one day and dying. And they say, what happened, what happened, what happened, what happened? What happened, what happened, what happened, what happened? Nobody will know what happened. And the Lord Jesus told him clearly, 
It was just for one reason. I called you to be a prophet and a teacher. You took the prophetic office, put it in a drawer, and locked it up. And all you are doing, going around teaching. Of course, the whole world will enjoy the teaching. Like we said earlier, you are not serving the world. You are not serving people. You are not serving the church. You are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray again. Say, Lord, no gift in me will I dormant. Say prayer. Say, Lord, no gift in me will I dormant. None. I must exhaust everything. Every, everything. Not only the one that's getting results, but once it's the gift of God, I must exhaust it. I must use it. Once it is the gift of God for my life, I must use it. Once it is the gift of God in my life, I must use it. Say, Lord, every gift inside me must be used. Every gift inside me is stirred up. In its season, I must use it. In the name of Jesus. No matter whether the world likes it or not, whether the rest of the church understands it or not, but Lord, if it's your gift inside me, help me. Today I'm praying for help. That's the thing. You are praying for help. Our sufficiencies of God. Our sufficiencies of God. It is help we use. It's God that's working in us. It's not our own strength. That's why we still have to pray. Paul will tell you, pray for me. That all trans may be given to me. This is a man who God called. Made him an apostle and a prophet. A teacher of the nations. Yet he said, pray that all trans will be given to me. So that it is prayer we use. Say, Lord, I pray that skill will be given to me in the area of my gift. Lord, I receive skill in the area of my gift. I receive skill. I receive skill in the name of Jesus. I receive skill. I receive skill. Oh, Bezalel was an, a craftsman. He was a craftsman. He was a craftsman. Yet God gave him skill. To make artistic designs. Say, Lord, I receive skill in the area of my gift. Daniel had a prophetic gift also. The angel said, I have come to give you skill and understanding. Say it. Lord, I receive skill and understanding. In the name of Jesus, I receive skill and understanding. Say, illumination is my portion. Daniel, God gave him illumination. Insight. Knowledge like that of the gods. <laughs> Say, Lord, I receive skill and understanding. The angel came to him. I have come to give you skill and to give you understanding. Oh, I'm not walking by my strength. Say to Zerubbabel, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Say, my life also is not by my power, it's not by my might, but Lord, by your spirit. Lord, by your spirit. Lord, by your spirit. Let's give thanks. Let's give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for tonight. Say, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for gift that stayed up. Thank you for skill. Thank you for understanding. Lord, thank you for skill. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for power. Thank you for new grace. Thank you for visions and revelations. I'm convinced. People are stepping into visions and revelations. People here are stepping into visions and revelations. The church needs it at this time. They are stepping into visions and revelations. People are stepping into visions and revelations. Angelic visitations will become normal. They will bring gifts that is 
a message from God. Jesus was in the garden and angels came and strengthened him. It's something they brought from the Father. Yes, that's what's going to happen. Visions and revelation in new dimension is releasing unto people in this place in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, there's a new dimension of operation of the Spirit that's beginning from today. In the name of Jesus Christ. A new dimension of operations of the Spirit. Visions and revelations. That one is what the strongest in my mind. There will be a new operation in the realm of visions and revelations. In the name of Jesus. I need to emphasize this for two categories of people. Yes, all of us expect preachers to have it. And they will have it in Jesus' name. They will have it in a greater measure in the name of Jesus. With that, they will do effective ministry for the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Not only preachers anyway. Every other person. A mother will be at home. And God will let her know, this is what we do concerning your children. When casting was made by revelation that God gave to the mother. A businessman will sit down and the Lord will say, hey, wait, start rearranging this line of business and folding it up. And you have five years. There are many people who were investing money, massively printing recharge card. God said, listen, no. banks will start doing it. Up. Now every bank is saying, that's star nine, this something, nine zero. I still got one to the editor, pop up on my phone. There are people, and I heard God say, listen, guys, this is your printing of recharge card. Face it out, six years. Listen, God is leading people like that. And here, new levels of such operations will begin in the name of Jesus. Amen. Students will have visions and revelations. Not to encourage laziness, but to bring forth excellence. Amen. You'll be going to class tomorrow. Something in your mind, ah, just say no. It just flash before your eyes. That you will have lecture tomorrow. Today, the Lord just said, no, read this thing. You will settle down and sit down and read. Just flash before you. And then the lecturer will walk up to class and say, ah, no lecture today. Today's the test I've been telling you people about. Ah, test? Yes, I told you last month to expect it any time. You didn't take him serious that time too. The next thing he drops the scripts and you just look, oh, the very things I read yesterday. That's how God collects glory. New levels of operations like that for even students in the name of Jesus. There are times people will tell you, you enter a shop, oh, go and read my, sorry, Demon Shakaran's story. To even buy cattle. Life will shine from heaven. And you see the animal glow. You need the spirit to say, buy that one. That's how you will not succeed by your strength. You have to gamble like everybody else. Your journey is far. But listen again, visions and revelations for even the businessman in the name of Jesus. Amen. Visions and revelation for the housewives in the name of Jesus. Amen. Visions and revelation for the government worker in the name of Jesus. Amen. Visions for everybody. Amen. Let's give the Lord thanks. Let's give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Father, we give you praise for the victory we have in Christ Jesus. Thank you for today. For everything that you have done for us. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Okay, let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. 
All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Quickly bless three people around you. This is your season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. Two more people. This is your season. One last person. This is your season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. One last one for yourself. This is my season. This is my season. Remember our next meeting is on Saturday. Until then, cheer up, brethren.